I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. From the number one Sunday Times bestselling author of Her Majesty's Royal Coven comes the stunning sequel, The Shadow Cabinet. Join the witches of Hebden Bridge for more magic, mayhem, and romance as they take on dangerously sexy warlocks and witchfinders. Available in hardback and audiobook, narrated by Bridgerton star Nicola Coughlin. The Shadow Cabinet, the new novel from Juno Dawson, is out now. Hello and welcome to So I Got to Thinking, the weekly Sex and City podcast where we take the iconic questions of Carrie Bradford <laughs> from Sex and the City and apply them to modern life and love. As ever, you are listening to Widow Wand, Juno Dawson, and Bomb Cyclone, Dylan B. Jones. Hi, Dylan. Hi, Juno. I thought Zoom was glitching just then, but it turns out you you were just glitching. Just, I'm <laughs> glitching, yeah. That's because I am an android. Surprise! AI but that's Megan. next week's episode of Sex and the City, um, where it turns out Charlotte's an android. Charlotte's an android. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. Um, yeah, twist. So, um, episode six, are we... We're more than halfway through now. Well, it depends if there are indeed 11 episodes. I still think that's weird. I think there's probably 10. But like, who makes 11 episodes? Michael Patrick King. That's mm. it. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Bomb Cyclone. Dylan, please open your pot and tell us your synopsis. So Carrie uh, is continuing to promote her book. Mm. And uh, that entails doing a very strange interview with an influencer. I think it was an influencer. Oh that was... yeah, all that I have I've lived that. Oh, was so, that accurate? That was <laughs> chillingly accurate, yeah. Only somebody who has written a book could have done that scene, I think. Oh, interesting. I liked mm-hmm. the actor, whoever she was. Yeah. Uh she was funny, the influencer. And Carrie also goes to Widowcon <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to um to to promote her book to widows. And it's actually called Life After Death, a Widow's Storytelling Event. Uh, that's the official 100%. name. I bet you can definitely join an MSM from that convention as well. <laughs> I bet there are a lot of hashtag boss babes um, <laughs> trying to sell you some fragrances or educational materials at that session as well. But um, yes, Carrie goes to a convention at the same time that Lisa is at MoMA. Yeah being recognised for her documentary filmmaking work. Mm-hmm. 
Che and Miranda. Oh my God, Miranda's life. Jesus Christ. God. She yeah. needs to get it. So, like Miranda's life is a mess, basically. But a lot of in things the words come... of Gwyneth Paltrow, "I love you. Get it together." <laughs> or in the words of Samantha, "I love you, but I love me more." She needs to listen mm-hmm. to Samantha. But things do come to a head a little bit. Yes. Uh, yeah. Things I think are finally going to start to sort themselves out for Miranda. Che is really struggling eating mm-hmm. pirate crisps. I've eaten those crisps in DC. They're horrible, those pirate crisps that Che eats. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, they taste like feet. Um, mm. Yeah, Che's really struggling and kind of doing some soul searching. Mm-hmm. Um, Seema, nothing really for Seema. She kind of bobs around. Her and Carrie arrange to go to the Hamptons in fucking, mm. must be month, like months time. And that's it. Is that it? Yeah, it's a strange episode. Obviously, we've come oh, off Charlotte the back and of Charlotte and Lily. Lily. Oh, yeah, Charlotte yeah. and Lily. We've come off the back of a strange, a little run of two really good episodes. Yeah. This one, while by no means bad, the word I would use is meandering. Yes, very. Is that, is that fair, do we think? Yeah. Um, the, 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 big new, the big news this week is Miranda and Che. Do you know what, Dylan? Fuck it. I think we should start with Miranda and Che. Let's do it. <gasps> let's oh! let's mix things up. Sorry, Caroline. Sorry, Carrie. It's but, your own fault I mean, for being a shit comedian. That's why we're not starting. Right. <laughs> but as well, I'm I'm sorry for our neurodivergent listeners who have gotten <laughs> also... very used to us doing this in a certain way. But sorry this week. Let's come to Cynthia Nixon. So once again, this was a Cynthia Nixon directed episode, yeah. which might explain why Miranda kind of isn't in it for a huge chunk. Yeah. And then right at the end of the episode, it's all about her. <laughs> and it made me think like, how does that even work when you're, I mean, it's been done before, hasn't it? There have been like films where it's been written, created by starring the, mm. all the same person. But I had like a slightly comical vision of like Cynthia Nixon like lying down on the bed with Che and then like jumping up and like moving the camera <laughs> like I'm sure it doesn't happen like that I'm sure she like tells she probably tells the team what to do I don't yeah. know yeah so so from my extensive experience of being in six episodes of Holby City <laughs> um the director while the director is on the set floor coming mm. around and giving actors notes Actually, you're kind of placed by the first assistant director anyway. Mm. So, you know, the director will come in and rehearse the scene and then the, the director kind of goes away somewhere and watches you behind a monitor. Whereas there, you're surrounded, I, I can't really get across how many bodies are on set. Mm. Like, and I did, I tried to learn what everybody did. You know, some, some jobs are really obvious in that you've got the camera directors or the person operating the boom mic or the key grip. Um, you know, so it's, you've got all these people, but then the director can step in and out of the scene. So actually, on a practical level, there is no reason on earth why an actor can't direct themselves in a scene. Mm. Um, and is a testament to how talented Cynthia Nixon is and that she's able to do both. I, I think it's been very good, her directing. Mm-hmm. Like the last yeah. episode was very good. And there were some quite beautiful scenes in this episode, I thought. Like, I just looked at I think there was some was green like... screen. I think the snow was filmed in studio, I think. Yeah, there were a couple, with a couple of exceptions where you were like, oh, I can tell that's not real. I think they did pretty mm. well with the snow. Like, it was quite, uh, quite, well, quite well done. I'm still not sure why they did it. Like, but. You yeah, know. I mean, everybody wears incredibly inappropriate clothing. Yeah. 
Um, and also, we have snow, which does not make Carrie's hair wet. <laughs> That's how we know it's CGI, because Carrie's hair remains perfectly chuzzled yeah. rather than swinging around her face in matted <laughs> rat tails, which would be the reality of a woman walking in snow. It's wet. Snow is wet. It is frozen water particles. Also in like New York as well, those outfits would have been, that snow would have been like black and yellow and mm-hmm. like covered in shit. Like their outfits would have been gross by the end of it. Just with <laughs> dead homeless people in the background yeah. having frozen to death. Yeah. Um, Lisa running through the streets in heels. Ridiculous. In, just mad. <laughs> I mean, everybody has, I think it's Carrie in Montclair. I think she's in some sort of insane. Where is she even keeping that coat? Like, right? I'm, it's like the, it's like the of, thing. Of do you watch flat. Drag Race? Can you remember the one that Utica made out of sleeping bags? That's oh, what it vaguely. reminded me of. Vaguely, yeah, so if, yeah. we can, if we can post on our Instagram, Utica's amazing <laughs> homemade sleeping bag look. But yes, no, you, you make a point. Where on earth is Carrie storing that garment? Yeah, so where were we? Mandarin Che. So this episode would have kind of been, I would have genuinely been sat here going, what was this episode for? Mm. If in fact we didn't massively move on the Miranda storyline. Yeah. Um, Steve is in two scenes, but they are his best scenes since I'm just like that came back. Yes, for sure. That scene, oh, when they're screaming at each other and mm. he's like, you didn't even want Brady. <gasps> oh. And then and then Miranda's just like look of unbridled like horror, like a, a gr- amazing scene. And we've always said that they're both great, great actors and great mm-hmm. together. And it just makes me think, why haven't we had more of this? Like, because it's yeah. great. Um, because but, yeah. Miranda and Steve's marriage falling to pieces feels realistic mm. you know the when when i look back on my season one rewatch and there's that quite excruciating moment where they have their dessert ritual oh yeah the ice um, cream yeah. and you like that that was a good 20 minutes worth of television about <laughs> a dessert ritual um and so we understand why miranda was so captivated by che and There's been a lot of foreshadowing to this where throughout season two, Miranda has taken full responsibility for the collapse of their marriage. And I think now we sort of see that Steve, of course, Steve has to take some responsibility. Yeah. Um, There is sort of like a very loose theme sort of this week about letting go, I think. Yeah. That's the thread, which is it. Che needs to let go of the cancellation of the sitcom Charlotte and Harry need to let go of Lily as she becomes a young woman. Um, Yeah. Kind of. So there's, there's all sorts of, that's the sort of the loose, loose thread, but particularly here, Steve is unable to let go of sort of the idea of his marriage. Mm. um, Culminating in a, in a really wonderful scene, I thought where, Miranda asks how Steve's apartment search is going and he completely loses his shit yeah. and says that this is this is his house. He didn't, you know, Miranda didn't even want to move to Brooklyn. And when, when Miranda says, when he's like, it's his house, and Miranda says, really, you should tell that to the mortgage that has only my name on it. Oh, not fair. Like, not fair of Miranda. Um... But yeah, you're right in that it's realistic in that they they both say like awful mm-hmm. things, which like people who love each other a lot 
do when they get yeah. in fights. Like you say things to hurt each other for mm-hmm. some reason. Um, I liked the scene, the dinner scene at Naya's, yes. where Carrie sort of like tells her about like how she thinks Steve's. They sort of like gently. There's a there's a general feeling, isn't there? Like they they all kind of gently push Miranda to like sort of actually finally saw her life mm. out i think and it's a good thing it's a good thing that we did come back for a season two because season one you know there have been multiple callbacks now to season one like so this this we, if we had to cast our minds back to that episode where carrie loses her wedding ring down a sink and steve steve yes. retrieves it and steve confides that he will wait for miranda if this if this is something she needs to do if she needs to go away and shag che then steve will wait and miranda sorry carrie has been hanging on to that nugget of information cuz we we've established that in in and just like that times quite a lot of time is passing so actually that could have been like yeah. for them that's like a year ago or something so carrie's been sitting on that for a while so you do wonder why carrie hasn't done that but it feels like miranda needed to punish herself i think mm. and i wonder i hope that's yeah. where it's going next i really really hope that we we get to see miranda bust some skulls next week and that she tells Brady to get yeah. his shit together, that she, if she either gets her own apartment or gets Steve out of her house, um, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens because then, obviously, directly after breaking up with Steve or, you know, telling Steve she's going to file for a divorce about time, Miranda, um, Che dumps her, <laughs> which I did yeah. not, I must admit, I did not see coming. So what did you think? No, I didn't. Um, and yeah, I thought it was quite effective, actually, that they did it mm-hmm. that way. Just t- two gut punches yeah. um, added to the drama, for sure. Um, I thought Che I thought Che was going to leave, to be honest. I thought, oh, is this Che's last episode? Mm. Because when they were listening to Carrie at the Widow Con, yeah. I thought they were going to like... Or I even thought, because this show is so unpredictable and crazy. At one point, I was like, oh my God, is Che going to... Is there going to be a suicide storyline with? Oh Charlie? wow! And then I was like, no, no. that would be that would be t- even for this show that would be too yeah. extreme. Um, but yeah, interesting stuff. I'm surprised. Uh, I'm the most surprised that Scout survived the pandemic. <laughs> yep, Scout, it's, it's still going. Um, <laughs> interesting. I also wonder if that is Sarah Ramirez's last episode as Che. Um, if it is. I think they've given Che a really dignified send-off there, which is by the end of season one, we had real misgivings about Che. But I think their storyline in season two has been a really interesting balance of that kind of, you know, it's nuanced and it's complicated. Che is a really complicated character who I think we can see that on one hand they've been really good for Miranda but on the other hand they just don't have their shit together enough to be able to help Miranda and it's because Che is spiralling it's like the blind leading the blind they're kind of dragging each other down and they're both quite as much as Che gives the opposite Mm. impression um, they're both very like vulnerable people. Yes, I think. Yeah, right now especially. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right. Like they're not good no. together, and they both know. They both know that, don't they? I think now. Yeah, I think 
so it feels like Che is one more thing that Miranda is having to manage. And I think we we got that last week where she was scurrying backwards and forwards, kind of um, working as kind of Che's therapist and Brady's therapist and Steve's therapist and Naya's therapist and and kind of so much emotional labor for Miranda. Um, yeah. And that's not how a relationship works. You know, Che can't do that. You know, and that that interesting, you know, that thing about Che being able to turn it on for their cameos, um, that hit a bone with me as well because I've I've had that conversation with my friends about my husband, which is when I'm like on tour in particular, when I'm in a promotional period, you know, I have to be a performer, you know, I have to be amazing. Those people have come from really far away to Liverpool or Manchester or Edinburgh to to see me talk about my books. Um, they're only going to be with me for a couple of hours. So, you know, I have to be the best possible Juno Dawson and mm. kind of the idea of Juno Dawson that lives in the public, like the Instagram Juno Dawson. Mm. And there is a danger, and I've done this, that then you come home and you are tired and miserable and you're kind of like this miserable house goblin. And <sighs> I remember one of my friends once saying to me, you know, you know, you have to save some of your sparkle for Max, you know, and yeah, that is the nice. exact, the exact thing, which, um, that's a nice way of putting it. Yeah. Which Miranda finds herself in with, she's, it's not fair. If Che is able to turn it on for Cameo, then they should be able to turn it on for Miranda as well, or at least save some for yeah. Miranda. A partner is not a punching bag. And I mean that in both a physical and metaphorical sense, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, and that scene, yeah, the scene with the cameos in bed, another great scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, like, I don't know why I haven't noticed it, but really in the last few episodes, I've really noticed Sarah Ramirez's acting chops. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're, they're actually great. And it's such a shame. I was on social media just on, um, and just like that's Instagram yeah. earlier. And all so many of the comments are still just like, get rid of like, fuck Che. Like, it's just like... <sighs> There's no need to be that. And I know it's, I know that Che is a fictional character. So mm. a fictional character's feelings can't be hurt. But, you know, there are real people involved. Um, yeah, I think it'd be a bit nicer. Well, I hope, I hope if anybody involved in the show is hearing this. As a trans person, I appreciate that Che has been given way more layers this season. Mm. Um, and I'm also really, really glad that the producers didn't take on board that negativity and get rid of them after season one. Because I think there there is a parallel timeline where episode one, Miranda arrives back in Manhattan and saying, oh my God, Che turned out to be such an asshole. Yeah, yeah. And gone, yeah. gone forever. Because that would have been really tempting, probably. Yeah. It would have been the easy, lazy way out, wouldn't yes. it? Yes. Um, and do you know what? All the comments, like most of them, are, uh, the comments about Che are negative, the vast mm. majority. But none of them um, are negative because Che is non-binary. <laughs> They're negative because they think that Che is an arsehole. So I'm not yeah. sure. Is that pro- is that progress? I guess it is. Um, I, I wonder if we might not see Che, certainly in every episode from now on. I think possibly mm. Che might come back in it a bit like Skipper. You know, I think we might, I don't think we've seen the last of Che. But there was something about those scenes with Carrie as well. So Che goes to WidowCon with yeah. Carrie and they kind of get their mojo back because they realize 
you know perspective it could be a lot worse kind of yeah um but it was interesting to see sjp and sarah have scenes together because they haven't really this season other than that excruciating bedroom strap-on conversation which was (laughs) difficult to sit through Um, i like them i like them together yeah i don't know i don't know if i buy them as friends necessarily but Mm. um because carrie is so prudish and che is so not but i think i buy carrie surrounding her and it's something they have done quite well in Mm. and just like that I think I buy Carrie as she gets older, surrounding herself with like interesting people because she likes interesting people, doesn't she? Yeah. Like Amelita and um, just like the little glimpses that we have of her friends throughout yeah. the show who aren't who aren't the core four. Mm. Um, yeah, but yeah, interesting relationship. So yes, I, let's see what happens next. Again, I'm yeah. excited to see what next Thursday brings. Come on, Miranda, your yes, life has fallen you can do to it. pieces. You're in a recovery. Let's <laughs> let's see what happens next. And I wonder if 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 we if you know if we are gearing up towards the end of our revival. Um, mm. Is this the plot? And was this always a two year story arc where Miranda's life falls apart and then she somehow rebuilds it? Let's see mm. if that's the narrative that we're going for. Let's see. Um, let's take a little break, and when we get back, we will talk about Carrie. And the first glimpse of Aiden. He's back. See you in a sec. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello. Welcome back to One Just Like That. No. Welcome back to So I Got to Thinking, <laughs> where we're talking about And Just Like That. Just like that. Um, Welcome um, back to And Just Like That, where we're talking about So, so I, got I Got to, to Thinking. thinking. God, imagine if we the got a reading. shout out on And Just Like That. That would be so meta. That would be weird. That can't <laughs> well, happen. Cl- that can't exist. It's too wonderful. Well, Clara, Clara said, didn't she? She Clara's convinced that the writers listen to this podcast. Um, 
Sorry if you do. Yeah, wow. <laughs> like Although again, off. we are it's cultural <laughs> critique. We are yes. we are here to be firm but fair. Oh. I feel qualified. I feel qualified, Dylan. <laughs> I'm a TV writer. It's fine. And I have sex and live in a city, so we're both qualified yeah. on so many what levels. More do yeah. you want? <laughs> Just yeah. So we haven't got a question to answer as ever. So we'll we'll go back to Carrie now. Um, Carrie meets up with one of my favourite actors, the wonderful Rachel Dracht. Rachel Dratch. Dratch. Rachel Dratch, Dratch. who... She's great, isn't she? Is great. Always great. Obviously a yeah. staple of 30 Rock, part of that Saturday Night Live kind of crew that Alum, came up yeah. through. Um, yeah. Amy Poehler, She's kind of a character... She's kind of a character actor. She always shows up as like a cra- sort of very mm. crazy kind of unhinged character. Always. Um, but as much as I love, uh, I'll see what you think of this. As much as I love Rachel Dratch. Mm. So the story that we get is like her and Carrie met in the 90s and like almost yeah. wrote a rom-com together. Yeah. And I was kind of like, do we need more Carrie history? There's enough there mm. without like introducing more Carrie history. Like as much as I love Rachel Dratch, maybe just like draw on what's already there and bring back one of the characters that, or like guest stars that we love rather than like creating yet another character. <gasps> they should have brought back Amy Sedaris. Well, th- I was half expecting Amy Sedaris to walk oh, in. Oh, that would have been, because especially if she's a former editor, people working in publishing tend to stay in publishing. The idea yeah. that Courtney had come back as a publicist <laughs> would have been like, Carrie with the eye. That Carrie. would have been just amazing. <laughs> just fuck them. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah, I um, <laughs> would have loved Amy Sedaris. And I wonder if there is a world where they tried to get her back, but she was unavailable. That would have been amazing. Um, or Molly Shannon, alternatively as well. Yeah. All of Carrie's former publishing people. But we have Rachel Dratch instead. And she, I love that. It's, it feels a bit like the beef between Phoebe and her songwriting friend and friends, like some long forgotten beef that Carrie didn't even know there was beef there. Oh my God, it's like Susan Sharon at the funeral. Carrie just yeah. keeps fucking people over in the past and blithely moves on. It is very Carrie just to be so self-absorbed that like she doesn't even realise she like basically fucked up this woman's chance at being like a big shot screenwriter because she didn't turn up to the meeting. <laughs> in Starbucks? Who meets a producer in Starbucks? But anyway. And her excuse is like, oh, I was probably drunk. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, so I love that they have beef, but this beef largely exists to make sure that Carrie does not pull out of WidowCon in the middle of whatever a bomb cyclone is. Yes. Um, so she she feels that she has to turn up um, because it's fine. the The rest of the delegates have been ensconced in the Sheraton. So um, mm. yeah. So Carrie has no excuse. She has to go. There is some chat about her potentially sending Aiden an email because mm. because this beef with Rachel's character makes her realise that, well, I've got more beef with her than I do with Aiden, so maybe I should email Aiden. And also, I took it as a little bit, like, influenced by Steve and Miranda as well. She was like, oh, maybe I should get back into... I don't know. It's so Just, I don't know. It's so like, Why? <laughs> given that they didn't have a fucking thing in common <laughs> to begin with you do wonder what what is it she wants to talk about kind of like how's the furniture doing yeah like how's your rustic cabin i so loved you know how's the, and the email squirrel 
The, yes, it's the squirrel. The squirrel's still alive. Um, the email signs off with her being like, and if this isn't you, carry on. <laughs> what? Um, yeah, mean, very odd. Basically, we... but I have a feeling she's going to end up with Aiden. And that's what it's going to end on. I feel oh. like that's where we're headed. <laughs> oh, move over, Brady. Um, Unless Aiden comes back and then he dies as well. <laughs> I, just, I just, I don't know. Let's see what happens. But again, maybe they did have a two-year arc in mind where she finally ends up with the man she dated 20, 25 years ago. Mm. Bring back David Duchovny. <laughs> Oh yeah, that'd be yeah, that'd, that'd have been better. But um, I l- I loved her blue like jumpsuit. Oh yes, ski suit that was amazing. Yeah, that was fab. Ski was suit, yeah. yeah, that was really cool. And um, yeah, to the fab. Apple Store, <laughs> she destroyed yeah. the Mac. Um, I wonder how much Apple paid for that to have them like literally in the Apple Store looking at the Apple MacBooks and saying Apple multiple times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Not more than we could afford. But um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not convinced she would want to reach out to Aiden. We got some clues about Aiden. Apparently, inconveniently, he is divorced. Um, he got divorced five years ago. He's living in Virginia, mm. which I don't know what happens in Virginia. If you are, uh, so I got to thinking, listener who lives in Virginia, um, what happens there? Is it known for its rustic cabins and squirrels? Um I always think if it's not one of the coastal ones, as a trans person, I should definitely avoid it. <laughs> it's uh, is this is this correct? DC is in Virginia. I think. Oh, is that true? Okay. Because I was there and I was surprised because I was like, "Oh, I'm in Virginia." No, DC's not. I'm looking at the map now. DC's not quite in Virginia. Oh, I don't know. Uh, we, we've established that our American geography is terrible. Is we, we know this to be true. <laughs> Dylan and I, we remember our American geography we, was taught was bisects and the city. So places <laughs> yeah. we know include Rustic Cabin, LA, Connecticut. <laughs> the Hamptons. <laughs> the Hamptons. <laughs> and that's about it. And that's it. So, yeah. Dubai. Oh, and Abu Dhabi. Um, Abu, Abu Dhabi, Dhabi yeah. Um, um, yeah. Virginia's like... Uh, it's well. It's near. Importantly, it's near New York. Ah, okay. So he's by American standards. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. Um, yeah. Interest. Interesting. Um, mm. So yeah. So that the ball has been started rolling on that plot now. Does Carrie learn anything this week? Not really. She tries to do some jerks. It's bad. Then she just reads from her book. So I guess the lesson we learn is. Just be yourself. You don't need to be Che Diaz. Yeah, I f- it felt like it mostly existed for Che to have their realisation, didn't it? More so than Carrie, yeah. I think clearly yeah. this was a bit of a placeholder episode for Carrie that gives us, gives us an excuse for her to email Aiden. So let's move on instead to Charlotte and Lily, who this week are in the romp category in several... <laughs> In several ways, um, as Lily has decided that she wants to lose her virginity, even though it's a social construct. Um, she wants rid of that social construct once and for all. Um, if we were expecting Charlotte to clutch her pearls and be like, oh my gosh, no, I can't imagine my daughter ever having sex. You're too young. This is ghastly. We get something else instead. 
Yeah, I liked her little conversation where she said, and it give and it was nice because it gives you a bit of an insight into mm-hmm. Charlotte's personality as well. She said, "Oh, my parents kind of treated sex as something that shouldn't be talked about." And with you, with you two, I really wanted to be sex positive. And I was like, "Oh, Charlotte!" For, for like for like multiple times this season, I've been like, "Oh, Charlotte." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Charlotte is trying her very best. Um, to remain sex positive. Harry, on the other hand, is just in absolute denial, which I thought was very funny, that he just turns around and walks back out of the room. <laughs> yeah. um, again, that loveliness, this is obviously a conversation that Charlotte and Harry have had since Lily and Rock were tiny, which is when the time comes, how are we going to talk about sex with our children? Yeah. And I think it's really lovely because the original, original Charlotte, I think from Sex and the City would have really struggled but having been friends yeah. with Samantha and Carrie and Miranda for 30 years now, Charlotte has changed. She's evolved. She's somebody who is not embarrassed about sex, which I think is important because obviously we we know that Charlotte has had a lot of sex. We, we saw yes. her, you know, she had... As in fact, I think she had more partners than Carrie ever had in the original run. So. I think we said we found, didn't we, that she's second only to Samantha. Yes. So, so it goes like, yeah, yeah. So she's she's had a bunch of sex. So it would be very hypocritical of her to say, no, 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 Lily, you will not be having sex. But so what instead she does is she's kind of thrown herself into helping Lily make it something special, and this culminates with. Well, again, it's an excuse for Charlotte to race around in the snow looking in, for in, him, looking in like for Chanel and Ralph Lauren. Yeah, to somewhere to buy condoms. Yeah. <laughs> um, even I balked as as sexually open as I um, certainly am and and will be certainly if ever I have children. Even I balked a little bit when when Lily was like. Oh, it's fine. Well, he maybe he can just pull out. And I was like, <laughs> saying pull out to your mother yeah. is quite it's quite a lot. Um and then of course Charlotte, like that's that's what spurs her to race to the um race to the chemists. Mm-hmm. Um I thought it was refreshing as well how unbothered Lily was. I mean, yeah. there was a bit of drama about the condoms, but in terms of like the actual virginity, she was like, Yeah, um, today's the day. His parents are trapped. We we will not be having sex in Shake Shack. There is a slightly excruciating scene where she wants to go to Nerbu before losing her virginity, which is like, God, these <laughs> Babe, children. Like, yeah. yeah, have you made my res at Nobu? Come on. Like, this isn't this isn't gossip girl. <laughs> yeah, like, what the fuck? I love the idea that like, how did you lose your virginity? Well, we had lunch at Nobu and then fucked after. At the, oh, okay. at the age of 17. Yeah. Um, but it would have been cool. I, the conversation that was slightly missing, which is, okay, so you want to do this, but are you ready for, are you ready for everything it will entail? You know, kind of, you mm. know, you know, what, what happens? Do you think you're going to stay together? Are you doing this because you really like him or just because you want to get sex out of the way? There were, there were other conversations that they could have had around it, but the, the tone was fine. It was ridiculous. Charlotte running through the streets, banging on glass, looking for condoms. But again, that I think I'm I'm not mad at it. It could it could have been worse. Yeah, um, it wasn't it, terrible. It's just that we've we've come off a couple of really really good weeks. The, there is nothing up there with um Harry's dust balls. But yeah, 
And I, I love, just again, Lily continues to be nothing but trouble. Yeah. Like, <laughs> when she's like just sitting there, like ominously playing the piano yeah. in, the, in the bedroom. I, I don't buy that Lily and Rock share a bedroom. I'm like... confused about that as well. So if we're still in, if we buy that we're still in Charlotte's classic six on the Upper East Side, the one which was given to her by the McDougals as part of her divorce settlement. So your classic six is living room, kitchen, dining room, bathroom, two bedrooms. So maybe there are, but why wouldn't you, A, move? Yeah. A B, I don't know, yeah. They've got money. They've got, they've, like, loads of money. They've got more money than they know what to do with. So, yeah. Yeah, they don't need to be... To move. Yeah. <laughs> mm. But, um, <laughs> Adventures in Real Estate. Um, this leaves us just with, again, Naya, I'm afraid, not a lot for Naya. Or Anthony pops up in one scene... Um, yeah. Oh, I think it was. I noted that it's nice that like Anthony goes around to theirs for breakfast for like family breakfast. Yeah. Um, and I think for the first time ever, he says a bit of dialogue that's not about gay sex, which I appreciated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> please, please give Anthony a plot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anything, any crumb of a plot. Um. <laughs> so last up, we've got Lisa Todd Wexley, LTW, and Herbert. Um, continuing yeah. their kind of. Their storyline this season seems to be about who wears the trousers and who's in control. Um, Lisa kind of fighting to maintain her many hats as mother and wife and career woman. And obviously what a huge, huge thing if the Museum of Modern Art is giving you like a whole ceremony to celebrate your achievements as a black filmmaker... Yes, I like to think Herbert would go. And sure enough, he does turn up at the end. Um, I really, I really liked her when she was like, yeah, my career, I'm still doing that. Yeah. <laughs> and like, uh, like... my career. <laughs> um, um, I really liked that. I really like LTW. I think yeah. she's much, much more interesting character than she was last year. Um, I loved her whipping off her wig, running through the snow in an even more impractical hat. But like, you don't wear a wide brimmed hat when it's windy. Like you'd be difficult. Yeah. Blown over. But then she she keeps her wig pristine in a wig box and then reattaches it when she gets to MoMA. I really liked that they showed that. Yeah. This is kind of like the... The, the new way of seeing black women on screen. And I remember yeah, yeah, yeah. Annalise Keating, Viola Davis's character in How, How to Get Away with Murder, the first time she takes off her wig. And there, there was something about that. It's like, oh my God, it's a wig. And mm. you're like, of course it's a wig, you of course fucking it's a wig. imbecile. But yeah. because we never <laughs> see sort of, we never see black women doing their beauty on screen or very, very rarely, you know, in the 90s, we never saw that. Yeah, yeah. And it was just as if their hair was just magically, you know, straight yeah. and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was a nice, it was surprising because as we've said with them running around the, the heels, it's mm. snow in heels and what like, Sex in the City and done just like that are so unrealistic in so many ways mm. with things like appearance. Um, so this was a nice little uh, slice of reality. Yeah. You don't, because unlike Carrie... Snow will ruin your hair. So yes, um, inexplicable. Um, but yes, and that brings us to the end 
of episode six. What have we learned, Dylan, from episode six? Um, we have learned that Sarah Jessica Parker's hair is impervious um, to snow, to any sort of precipitation. And we've learned that we should all go out and buy a MacBook immediately. Buy a MacBook, (laughs) get a Montclair sleeping bag to parade through the streets of New York in. Um, Yeah, and... Maybe it's um, maybe it's Utica who's um, doing the Unjust Like That wardrobe. I'm excited <laughs> next week to see Aiden, but more importantly, I'm more excited to see what Miranda does next. Me too, absolutely. So, I really hope she gets her shit together. Come on, Miranda, we're rooting come for on. you. We were all rooting for you. Um, yeah. Do join us next week when we'll be discussing episode seven. Until then, be sure to like and subscribe. And we will see you next time for more conversation. Bye for now. Bye. Oh, we're both seeing Barbie as well, so we can discuss Barbie. Oh, we'll discuss Barbie, yeah, too. Mm. Fair enough. All right, bye. Bye. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.